Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Many, many miracles occur with donation and transplantation. We love sharing stories of the men, women, and children who receive the gift of life and are able to enjoy restored health and happiness. We also love to talk with donor families who have been able to move forward in their grief and loss and see life and light in the gifts that their loved ones gave to others. But if we're being real and if we're being honest, we know that for a lot of people, that's just not how it goes. Hi, you're listening to episode 114 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Our guest on this episode has experienced so, so much and just about every side of donation and transplantation. We are honored to be joined by Vera Kincher to share her journey of dialysis, transplant, and then back on the waiting list. And if that wasn't enough, Vera is also a donor mom. Vera, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us on this episode. Thank you for having me. Vera, let's focus on your health issues. And when you were first told that you would need dialysis and your kidney disease, how how did that evolve over time? I thought I had the flu when I went to the emergency room. And they saw clots in my lower right lung. They said I couldn't go home. They was like, you got to stay. They did a blood gas, found out I had lupus. So I was in the hospital over a month um, just trying to get the lupus under control. How long ago was that, Vera? March 31st, 2002. Oh, my goodness. What shape were your kidneys in? Did they discover you were in kidney failure then? Yeah, it was already started damaging the kidneys when they found out about the lupus. Wow. My kidneys they were already bad, but they didn't officially stop until January 2007 when I was going to start uh, dialysis. That's the weird thing about kidney disease is it can be kind of quiet. Yeah. You had to have a fistula and then you were placed on mm-hmm. dialysis. How long were you on dialysis? Um, I, I started dialysis the first week of 2008. I was on dialysis up until July 4th. 2000, 2013, I got a transplant and it rejected July 4th, 2014. So you had it for a year? Yeah. They gave me chemo called Valcade to try to save the kidney, but it wound up almost killing me. Oh. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't feel from my knees down. I couldn't feel my hands. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so the, the doctor was in my room, and um, I told him what's going on. I'm like, he was saying, yeah, this is all because of the valcade. I had the reaction, too. Oh, my so goodness. I was, 
I was in the hospital for a month because I couldn't come home until I was able to walk again. Wow. Yeah, they only lasted a complete year. That was it. And and during that yeah. year, what was your life like? I was okay. I was getting up, doing everything I needed to do. I went places that I wanted to go because I couldn't because I was at dialysis. I participated in stuff with my family, my brother-in-law. He would have things at his studio and I would go. I went to brunch with my lupus group. I was able to do uh, some things that I couldn't do on dialysis. You know, dialysis take up part of the day. And then you drain afterwards. So it is really nothing you could do but go lay down after every treatment. Yeah. I go lay down. For our listeners who haven't experienced dialysis, or who do not know anybody that has been on dialysis. Can you describe the process? Dialysis is when they put two 15-gauge needles in, and one needle draws the blood out, goes through the filter, which is your artificial kidney, and cleans your blood and goes back into the body through the second needle. Yeah. And it only depends on you, what your doctor puts your time as. So at first when I started, I was like four hours and 15 minutes. Then, it, you know, I was getting better, so they dropped to 15 minutes until I'm at where I'm at now. Are you on dialysis now? Uh, three hours and a half. Um, I don't miss. I don't believe in missing dialysis. I see a couple of people that comes in when I come in. They come when they feel like it. They could be gone two, three weeks. Then they'll come back for a treatment. Then you don't see them again for another two or three weeks. Yeah. That's the most dangerous thing to do because the toxins are building up in your body. You're right. And you just, you know, you can't go like that. Kidney failure is a death sentence without dialysis, really. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because the toxins build up so fast um, that you must go to dialysis to control the toxins and the fluids. You, because if you do too much fluid, you'll be over flooded. Then you can't breathe and it feels like you're drowning. So I was like that one time and that's all it took for me. Yeah. One time. Yeah. I've never been o- overloaded since. Good for you. Good for you. And that places such a burden on the rest of your organs, especially your heart. That's why your diet is so important, too. They don't want you to take a lot of liquid or fluid or food that has a lot of salt. Yeah, you're on a renal diet, which is low phosphorus, low potassium, low sodium diet. My fluid limitation is 40 ounces a day. Wow. Wow. But if I go over my 40 ounces, you know, I, I do let them know I drank more than 40 ounces yesterday, you know, and they're like, okay, but I overfiltrate. So I take off more than we set the machine for a lot of times. Like, say, we set the machine for two, six, but she said my blood pressure dropped, so she had to cut me off a couple of times. Yeah. But it's, I, I still wound up taking off almost two liters. It's an experience I'll never forget, you know, the weighing before you get on the machine, the weighing after, Mm -hmm. um, the way you feel after you get off the machine. Tired. 
tired, absolutely wiped out. And I always felt better the day of dialysis, just because I think that was more my normal since, you know, my kidneys were failing slowly. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a burden. It really is a burden. It's your life. It becomes your life, you know, three times a week, right. like you said, four hours, three hours. For bigger people, yeah. it's a lot longer. So um, yeah. it's a really hard lifestyle to maintain. And I give you a lot of credit for keeping up on it. And you have the knowledge, obviously. And that's going to help you. I mean, that really is yeah. going to help you. So you've gone dialysis since 2014, right? Yep, October 2014. So Vera, are you on the waiting list for another kidney transplant? I was, I was, I got a uh, notification, one of the doctors called me from the transplant team and said that they were taking me off the list because I'm on Metadrine, which is to help keep the blood pressure up. My doctor, he's tired now, but he told them before that hemodialysis now harsh on my body. Oh, yeah. And um, that's why he was so adamant about she needs another kidney ASAP. But because I got different antibodies from the blood transfusions and stuff, he didn't want to just give me any kidney. He wanted to make sure that it would be compatible with everything that I got going on. But I got a call that they said they was taking me off the transplant list because I'm on Metadrine. And I'm kind of confused at that because before I, I got that transplant, I was on medicine at that time as well. So I got a problem with my blood pressure dropping, and it only drops on the machine. It don't drop any other time. Wow. And that's why Dr. Reiser was saying, hey, this is really affecting her. This is really harsh on her body. So, yeah, it's harsh. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it's so complicated. It's not just you plug in and you sit there for three hours and you're done. It's every day. Every day you don't feel well. Every day is an effort just to get out of bed. That's true. And when you finally start feeling good, which is the day in between your treatments, like for instance, my, my treatment is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Now, Tomorrow, I'll be feeling okay to have my energy back. But then turn around Saturday, I got to go to dialysis. Yeah, yeah. So once you start feeling good, it's time to go back to treatment. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I felt. Exactly. So, Vera, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We talked that you know all sides of donation and transplantation. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And on top of being a former transplant recipient and a dialysis mm-hmm. patient, you're also a donor yeah. mom. You lost your son, Stefan. Yes, I lost my Stefan, my Stacky Montana. Yeah, two years ago, is it now? It will be two years, January the 10th. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you share with our yeah. listeners what he was like? Stefan was unique. He was very unique. He helped everybody. He worked. He believed in keeping a job. That was my movie buddy. That was my date night buddy. Prime example. He would say, make a list of the movies I would like to see. 
And when um, I got off of dialysis on Tuesday, he was like, just don't do nothing, just rest. And when he got off work, he's like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, where are we going? He's like, we're going to the movie. So that was my date night, um, especially when Halloween came out. We went to Halloween. We we saw different ones on the list. And um, one time he said, Go down, can you go downstairs and grab my minute mate? I left it downstairs by accident. And I came back upstairs. He was in the shower and I had five twenties on my pillow. And he would say, Don't spend it on the house because every time you get money, you buy tissue paper towels, detergent, you know, things to clean the house. He said, Every dollar you get goes back into the house. And he said, So what I want you to do is spend this on you. Get your nails done, go eat. Buy you some, but do not buy nothing for the house. Aww. Yeah, he helped anybody. Never said no to anybody. Mm-hmm. And my grandkids, they are so obsessed with him. After they take their bath, they would go in his room and he would read a story to them. Aww. And then he would tell them good night and everybody would get in their bed and, and, and go to sleep. How sweet. And they they yeah they constantly say I miss Uncle Stefan. I wish Uncle Stefan was here. They say it all the time. I say it as well. Uh, he was a great person. Before he left this house or I left this house, he would say, "I love you. Have a great day." Oh, Always said it. He all every day. And if I like, I leave out at four forty in the morning for dialysis. So if he's up, he'll say, "Wait." You're not going outside by yourself. And even though he has to be to work at six o'clock, he would walk me out to make sure I safely got in the car. Oh, my goodness. I was wondering what, for you, what was the experience like working with LifeBank and the donation process? It was actually awesome. It was awesome because... um, they called me a couple of weeks later and let me know that his corneas had been transplanted. One person in Oklahoma and one person in Chicago. So they told me his corneas were implanted and that one was a 50-something-year-old and one was a 72-year-old. How awesome. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So he gave yeah. the gift of sight. And what has yeah. your experience been with LifeBank since then? I know you've kept in touch with us. You're really connected with Alyssa in our bereavement services department. And um, yeah. I just would love to know what you your connection is with LifeBank. Um, actually, I had a, a, a positive reaction to LifeBank. Alyssa, she's very, very, very kind. She understands the emotions and what a person goes through and how to help them and what to say to them. Because I went and did the 10-week grieving program she had. It really helped. And we each got to talk about our loved one and everything. And we had to bring in a picture of them and something of theirs that's their favorite. So I brought in his Dragon Ball Z t-shirt with his picture because he loves Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yes, yes. It was worth it. And the group that I was in, we still meet up once a month 
at different restaurants to sit and talk about how we're doing and how things is going. Wow. So um, you've carried that on into your, they're almost like friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're close friends. At first, I was scared to do it. I didn't want to do it. Um, at one point in time, I was like, I don't want to talk about it. But once I started, the, and the, the group met on my dialysis day, so I would come home and rest until it was time to go. And she thanked me so much. She was like, thank you. I greatly appreciate you coming out and you're tired and you just had dialysis. So um, she was very understanding of that. I did the surviving the holidays. I did that one, which was a great one as well. I missed this last one because I was not feeling good. But I plan on going on with the art expression one. I would like to register for that one. They have been so helpful in understanding when, even if I call and left a message, someone will call me back, you know, and, and help me out with what I'm trying to accomplish. So I, I'm thankful for life, thanks. All my kids are donors. Oh, that's so good to hear. If someone was skeptical, whether it's a friend or a family member or just maybe somebody listening to this podcast, as somebody who experienced transplant and hopefully will do so again in the future, what is your feeling about organ donation and tissue donation? I'm thankful for it because I received a transplant, like I said, July 4th, 2013. And it rejected July 4th, 2014. And it was from a a young lady that was in a car accident that had passed. They called the kidney a high risk because the family didn't know much. You know, they asked, was she on drugs? Did she do this? Did she do that? The family didn't know much of anything. So it was considered a high risk kidney. But I had it for a year. I was thankful for I got to do things with the kids and the grandkids that I couldn't do while on dialysis. I went to the Kurt, Kurt Franklin brunch with my lupus support group. It was nice. Stefan was the one that when he goes to my lupus meetings with me. Um, you know, he showed a lot of support with me and my illness. And I'm thankful for that. Well, what a wonderful memory, too. I mean, obviously, we want, mm-hmm. we would prefer to have Stefan with us, but... How lovely that you shared that moment and that special occasion with him. Is there anything you want to share or anything you want to say to our listeners about your life and Stefan's life? I'm a lupus, fibromyalgia, neuropathy, cancer survivor. Stefan wanted to donate a kidney to someone else so that I would get a kidney. But they say his blood pressure was a little elevated. And they said if his blood pressure stayed up down the line, he was going to need a transplant. Wow. Yeah, so they took him off the exchange program. Sounds like a giving person, a very giving person. Right, no matter who you was, he helped you. Well, I love that. And you have helped. I mean, just sharing your story, you have helped so many people understand the importance of donation, but also, you know, what you endure through dialysis and, and how organ donation could change that. 
I support organ donation. If you are healthy, I would suggest you go ahead and donate your organs. Um, I heard somebody say to me, um, I came here with my organs. I'm going to leave here with my organs. And I told them, I said, no offense, but what they do is take your organs, put it in a bag of formaldehyde and spill it and put it back in your body. So why not donate them? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I support it. Like I said, all three of my kids are organ donors. Well, Vera, again, yes. we thank you so much for all you've done for Life Bank, and we wish you the very best, and we hope you get transplanted again. You know, prayer works wonders, yes. so we'll keep you in yes, our prayers as well, ma'am. Well, you take yes. care. Yes, I will. Thank you so much. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.